0: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. In this segment, we are going to be discussing your emails and voicemails that you've sent in to us. Uh, that's coming up live from the Bob Barley studio here in Orlando, Florida. This is The Diz Unplugged. This is The Diz Unplugged, episode number 788 for the week of March 3rd, 2015. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, and Adventures by Disney Vacations. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Well, hello again and welcome everybody. My name is Dustin West and I will be your host for this segment of The Diz Unplugged. Uh, we are here live from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, and I am joined at the table this week by my good friends John Magi, Kevin Close. Hello. Jenny Lynn Knopf. Or hey, Jer- guys. Or Jerry Lewis.
1: <laughs>
2: Hello. Ladies.
0: <laughs> uh, Julie Martin is also here at the table. And back in the production nook, we have our associate producer, Craig Williams, and Rhino Clavin. Hello. Hello, Rhino. Hello. Hi. Well, again, like I mentioned in the intro, uh, we are going to be talking about your uh, emails that you've sent into to us and your voicemails for those of you who have gone to our uh, contact page and submitted voicemails and I'm just going to keep talking right now because uh, Craig's making a little uh, uh, last minute adjustment so I'm going to be the one that keeps talking and uh, you, <laughs>
3: smooth. Made, you made it through Dustin nothing happened Dustin you know
0: what I can't, I can't help it really sometimes I just got to point out the obvious um, it's uh, it's It's come to our attention Uh, on the boards. We've had a little thread going on with uh, suggestions for the show. And uh, one of those that uh, came up quite often is you guys would love to hear uh, voicemails and emails again. Um, I don't necessarily want to go into the whole topic of that thread right now. Um, we have gotten quite a few suggestions, and, and we'll touch on that uh, at some point. But what I will uh, suggest is that you guys continue to go out. We'll put a link to it in the show notes page, uh, dizunplugged.com. If you guys could please leave us your uh, suggestions and comments about what we can do to make the show better, we would greatly appreciate that. And what uh, what kind of things we can add to the show and what you'd like to see and hear. So. I
2: think it's important to point out too that a lot of stuff on that thread is stuff that's already in the works mm-hmm. that we're doing. Yeah. Some of the stuff just can't be done and some of the stuff is really good uh, stuff you people are suggesting. So yeah. we'll take those into account. we always looking to improve. But I think the other thing to I'm point not,
4: out... I'm happy the way I am. You
2: are. <laughs> I think the other thing to point out too is we've got a lot of people saying we want to hear... Voicemails. You guys talk about voicemails. You hear you guys answer emails. The problem is we didn't get a lot of voicemails.
0: Yeah, I would encourage everyone to go to the uh, contact page that we have at disunplug.com. That, again, will be in the show notes page. Um, we didn't have as many submissions this week as we'd like, um, but we could definitely use your help uh, if this goes well. We'll definitely do this segment again in the future. Uh, I think it's a favorite among How will uh, we know listeners? if it goes well? Well, <laughs> What's uh, the barometer? I guess i'll decide (laughs) he's the commissioner this week i'm the commissioner this week it should go well uh but if uh you know if we keep getting more in that's just going to help that process um so i'll just open it uh up to you guys does anybody have an email that they would like to share with us sure i'll go first okay hi
3: guys (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> can we point out that he's Linus today I just love that he's yeah, Linus it's actually Pigpen
4: it says be oh. messy be sloppy, be Pigpen
0: oh, I don't think the camera picked that up but that's
4: <laughs> no, we have to... <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> I think we should fire our cameraman. For all of you who do not grow up in Florida, I think that's everybody, right?
1: Except Jenny Lynn. I grew up in Florida, but not in Orlando. Right, I grew up right. in South okay, for Florida. For
4: everybody but Jenny Lynn, uh, how has your viewpoint of WDW changed since moving to Florida? What was your favorite ride or attraction then compared to now and why? Hmm. I uh, will go first because okay. I read the email. I moved to Florida in 1994 full-time, but... I've been coming since nineteen seventy one. And my viewpoint of Walt Disney World has changed because I live here. I don't I don't sit and obsessively plan about going back to Walt Disney World. Mm-hmm. That's now about Alani. Um I used to get depressed halfway through my vacation because it was halfway over and I had already done half and now it was all downhill and, you know, it was horrible because I had four more days instead of eight days. So a lot has changed. Um, I still love Disney. I love going to Disneyland. I love Adventures by Disney. I love Disney Cruise Line. It's just that when you the proximity to the parks, it's kind of – it, it, it fades a little bit, the excitement about going. I understand Kathy Whirling gets excited about getting up every morning, and that's great. I find that life and a job and everything else intrudes on going to Walt Disney World. do you think
2: it's fair to say, though, that your excitement about going to a Disney park
4: has diminished over time like when you first came here oh yeah it, it wasn't, wasn't much like i was slammed in the yeah, head it was right. kind of you know i decided when we first when i first moved here that i was going to go to the parks at least every day <laughs> at least every and day. i was going to walk around epcot every night and that would be great exercise <laughs> and then you realize that just getting to the parks takes an hour of your time right or an hour and a half of your time and then walking around you know it takes three hours and then you got an hour and a half to get home and you realize that It's not feasible to go every day because you have laundry and dogs and cooking and work. So I think it's changed. My love of Disney hasn't changed. My love of the Disney World parks. And it's not less. It's just I don't have the burning desire to get there as often as I used to. But it's in my backyard. Mm -hmm. So what did I love when I was a kid? It hasn't changed. I was fascinated by It's a Small World when I was a kid. I'm fascinated by It's a Small World now. I love Mary Blair's artwork. I always have. That hasn't changed. One of the things that I loved, and I've talked about this before in the Fast Pass conversations, is when you went into the Magic Kingdom, the first couple times we did it, you know, you make the loop and you try and be organized. When we were kids, there were no Fast Passes. You just went from... Place to place. You went from pillar to post. And if there was no line, you got back in line and went back on again. And there were, this was before the internet. So there were slow times. We used to go after Thanksgiving and before Christmas, and it was the slowest time of the year. And I can remember just walking onto attractions, not a line for anything. The only thing that ever had a line was uh, 20,000 Leagues Beneath the Sea, because that's (laughs) because it loaded really slow. But, so yeah, my, my, my love of the parks and the artwork and the details and that's really what i love about disney the details that hasn't changed since i was a kid i wish i could still go to disney with no forethought with no planning with no appointments to ride rides with no appointments to have dinner we used to make our reservations when you walked into epcot there was under spaceship earth there was what did they call it was it not communicor whatever those little television sets were. Mm-hmm. And you talk to a live cast member, which was you know, cutting-edge technology at the time, but you made your reservations that day, and you would say to them, what's available for lunch? And they tell you, well, this, this, and this is available. Which one do you want? <laughs> so I miss, I miss the freedom mm-hmm. that I used
0: to have with Walt Disney World. I know. I can share my experience. I moved down here as a cast member uh, twice for the college program, and then eventually to live here and work at Disney full time. Now, before I had done that, uh, vacationed at Disney world pretty much every year, my family would go down. And, um, you know, after being a cast member, obviously I was in the parks more often as a cast member than I am now because it was obligated to be there. Um, but I, I I agree with you, Kevin. I feel like my love for Disney is still the same. I would disagree with, not disagree with you, but I'm different from you in that I think my excitement level is still there, but I just keep finding that um, other obligations are getting in the way from m- me getting there more often. Um, so moving down here, the, th- the things that I love and the things that I'm excited about have changed um, for sure, but I still love it and I'm still excited about it. I know for me, coming down here, the things that I loved at Disney World where, uh, the, the big rides, the ones you did have to wait in long, uh, lines for like space mountain or splash mountain, stuff like that. Now what I find as a local is that I found more pleasure in those little experiences or the lesser, uh, known rides that have some sort of repeatability for me as a local. Like I never liked, I never really liked, Dinosaur before I came here, and now I find that ride hilarious. It's very quotable. It's almost like an inside joke to go ride it, and so anytime I'm in Animal Kingdom, I have to ride a Dinosaur, and and that's it's not something I would have done if I was vacationing here, but because I live here, I'm able to do those those kind of things, find those little pleasures that are repeatable for me.
1: Yeah, piggybacking on what you said, <clears throat> I did grow up in Florida, but I grew up further away. It was still a vacation for me. We still had to travel three to four hours to get here. I haven't found that moving here has changed the way that I view Disney. Um, My excitement level has actually increased in some ways because Disney becomes commonplace in your life as a whole. I still get excited when I see Disney, uh, the Magical Express, going on the highway, you know with me or um, Disney actually reaches out into the community you
4: should come spend some time in Kissimmee you'd be excited all the time
1: I, I would be totally thrilled <laughs> um, but you know Disney also reaches out into its local community so Disney comes into my kids schools and they run you know competitions and things like this so Disney is not just a vacation it's it's all in, it's in all factors of our life everyone here wears Mickey Mouse shirts it's very commonplace it's definitely and I, part of the community it's, it's a part of the, the culture here Yeah, um, and I love that I really love that But as you were, as you're saying, hasn't affected how I view Disney, but it has affected how I tour the parks. Um, I don't, you know, before I would be like obsessively up two to three hours before a rope drop so I can make sure that I was there. I wouldn't leave until the park was closed. You know, now it's it's great for me to just go. I can be there for a couple hours and leave and not, you know, be having a sob fest on the way out because I'm so distraught that I'm going out of the gates. Um, also, what you were saying about the rides, that has changed so much for me. Yeah. Before, it was always about the headliners. Like, I have to get on Space Mountain or I'm going to die. Now, I rarely go on Space Mountain because of the wait time, but I will not miss the People Mover. Yeah. I will not leave that park until I ride that ride. And it's something I can always walk on, you know, unless it's broken down. But, you know, walk on, take my one ride, and, I, and I'm good.
4: I used to think Disney was perfect. Everything Disney did was perfect. Except the french fries. The french fries were always (laughs) awful. Um, But once you start working with Disney, and you get a better understanding of the machine... See how the
2: sausage is made? Right.
4: You realize Disney's not perfect. It doesn't make me love it any less. But you realize it's not the perfect thing you think it is.
3: I didn't have experiences like you guys. I went once when I was five, and not again until I was 20. Most of you know that. So, um after that first time I was hooked and I was the, probably the only high schooler that wore Mickey Mouse overalls like I had t-shirts hats whatever I could get Mickey Mouse
2: please find those <laughs> <laughs> I, please.
3: I do have one <laughs> that I, that I can think of off the top of my head that'll be
0: in the show notes page
5: dismculture.com uh,
3: but what Jenny Lynn said about being able to spend just a couple of hours and leaving and not feeling like you know guilty that you're not getting your money's worth um, we went this past weekend and had a staycation with the kids and on Saturday it rained all day at magic kingdom and we did go and we were there for a while but once it got really just where we were like okay my hands can't get dry you know like it's just miserable and it was cold. And i'm like you know what we can leave we are not obligated to stay here because we are on a seven day vacation and we're going to go back to like minnesota you know <laughs> so we were able to go and get dry and do some other things at the hotel with the kids and that's what I enjoy so that doesn't take away the magic at all because I can still go experience it whenever I want um, and I loved Figment I loved Mr. Toad and I loved um, You Can Fly which is no longer here two of those things <laughs> um, and now my favorite are you t- if
4: you had wings?
3: something about flying I know it was, tomorrow, a, yeah. it was a little yeah, white car and you like flew towards this screen and it felt like you were flying yeah, if you I was five so I, I don't really remember the you know the when exact name when I was a kid name. it was
0: Take Flight Belief.
3: Um, like so that. now my favorite things are usually c- things that my kids enjoy. So um, they love roller coasters, thank goodness. And Big Thunder and Splash Mountain. Um, I'm waiting till they can go on Everest. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so those would be mine.
2: Mine is very similar to Kevin's. I think you know that. We talked about it over and over again. And, again, it's not that my love of Disney has gotten any less. It's just other things get in the way. The only other thing I will add to being a local, what it has done for me, I've become protective of Disney in a strange way. If I see a cast member in my Publix wearing their costume, I get very upset. Oh,
1: Corey
3: does too.
2: (laughs) I'm so mad. Especially if they're wearing their name tag, because you're not Mm -hmm. supposed to do that. The other thing is if I see a Disney vehicle, off of Disney property, I get upset. I'm like, you're not supposed to take that around, and just go joyriding in that. So you talk about seeing the Magical Express bus. Every once in a while, the Magical Express bus will show up, and you think, what is it doing here? Yeah. Yeah. You think that just shouldn't happen. So why think- is it on Orange Blossom Trail?
4: <laughs> Where are you going? <laughs>
2: So that happens, too, I think. I think very, very protective of Disney. Yeah. Uh,
4: let me ask you a question. Now that you all live here, does life not get in the way of you going to the parks? And we all have a it job does. that revolves oh, around yeah. Disney. Uh, it,
3: it's-
2: sorry,
6: when I was a kid, we only drove down here because I had a my great-grandmother used to live down here. So we came to visit her, and we'd go to one of the parks one time. And I remember being a kid being like, I'll sit in this car forever to get to Disney World. I don't care. And now I live 30 minutes away, and I think... No, it's 4 p.m. I force terrible. I'm not going to sit in the car. Right. It's I'd not worth Park it. It's
4: going to be crowded. Yeah.
6: And it's like what you said. I My brain is always going... Okay, 30 minutes in, then I park, then I have to walk, and that's 15 minutes. And then we're actually, once we're actually where we are, I'm like, all right, I can meet you in two hours. Like, and then I'm like, I can only give you 30 minutes of my time because then I have to leave and go whatever. Like, yeah, it's just life gets in the way once you're here.
0: Yeah. I think we can all agree to
6: that. And sometimes what
2: happens with us is we think, all right, we're going to go to the parks this week. Let's just, we'll we'll make a commitment. We're going to go to the park. Well, on the way, we have to drop off the dry
4: cleaning and pick up dog food and go to oh, Publix. You're going to go right
2: past that. You're going to go right past this, and you're going to go past the
4: bank. And by the time you do all that, it's too late. We hear people and see people on the boards all the time who tell or say things like, well, I'm going to come to Florida, I'm going to go to the parks every single day. And you don't want to be a downer, but we all come with that idea that, you know what, it, it's possible.
3: And unless you won the lottery and you don't have to work... You know, maybe that...
4: that And have have people to do your stuff for you. (laughs) (laughs) Because You know, someone has to go to the doctor and someone has to take the dogs to the vet and someone has to go get the dog food. So it's all of those little errands that... And Jen's right. You know, it takes us about 25, 30 minutes with no traffic to get to Disney from where we live. But once you start planning what you have to do on the way to Disney, well, now you're at at two and a half hours. Well, and like sometimes
6: here... It's always crowded, so you just nowadays. When I was a kid, I don't remember that stuff, but like I, nowadays, I'm just like I really don't want to be in a you know around ten thousand people right now. You, you want that own little personal bubble, but like because we're there so much, we don't, I don't think that bubble exists around us quite as yeah. strongly. Let me tell you,
3: anymore. this past Friday night. I felt like we were alone at Epcot. Even there were people there, but it was not crowded. It was very nice.
4: <laughs> but it was raining. It was raining, wasn't no, it? it was no, it was just cold. It was raining out of our house. It was just house. cold.
1: Something I want to throw out there is, you know, the change that I've seen in my kids. Mm-hmm. It's actually probably been more significant than my own personal change. Um, you know, we lived far away, and so obviously going to Disney was a huge, big deal. You know, the big family vacation get in the car and you drive for 12 hours or whatever it is um and now because they live here and it is a part of their lives and i I think they've become a little bit desensitized to it there actually are days where i'm like oh let's you know let's go to disney and it's like oh come on mom i wanted to stay home and play my video game and i'm like you have got to be kidding me oh my (laughs) kids haven't reached that point that would never happen
0: does anybody else have anything they want to add to this one before we move on Well, I want to say uh,
6: my favorite thing when I was a kid was, um, like I said, I would drive down, wait forever. Um, I didn't, I I was trying to think about it. I don't know if I had a favorite ride when I was a kid because my favorite thing was to sit on a bench with my grandmother because I was afraid of everything and we just would watch. We'd sit and I would love to see the places. Like, I would love to see Tomorrowland, Adventureland. Like, I remember loving to see everything and I, I feel like maybe I've lost that a little bit, but because like, now I'm like well clearly Haunted Mansion or Pirates of the Caribbean and those are rides I did but I always remember being nervous but proud of myself when I did them but mm-hmm. my favorite thing in the world was just to be there with everybody now you're not experiencing you're
2: getting to something
6: yeah, those yeah. Things, exactly just things yeah. The way to getting to I them. just
4: want to give credit this email came from Amanda <coughs> Squires in Thornton, Colorado and I want to add one more thing someday go into the parks and sit on the bench and watch the people who walk by you and see how many of them look happy <laughs> yeah <laughs> Everybody in Disney World is stressed out. Watch the people walk by you and listen to the conversation. This vacation was expensive, and you're going to have a good time. Yeah.
1: Oh, I, do. I did want to squeeze in this last thing about my kids. When we do go to the parks, the experience for them has changed from it's less attraction-oriented, and it's more about those little experiences, mm-hmm. getting the autograph from the character or having that snack somewhere on property or doing the Phineas and Ferb you know, mission in Epcot. It's the smaller things that are important to them more than the very big heavy line attraction
0: exactly and that, that's definitely how it changes from living here I know cast members are like that too you know um, they, a lot of cast members will go around trying to get every character's autograph that they can find on their day you know in the parks so that kind of stuff um, I wanted to go ahead and play our first voicemail that we have so uh, let's go ahead and do that momentarily
6: this team huge fan of the show Steve Porter I'll keep my question short and sweet if you had to choose a plan for the next 10 years for Walt Disney world's future, would you include more investing into expansions like new hotels and new park or something? Or would you reinvest in what they already have, uh, by like making, uh, the journey into imagination back to its original state or upgrading the ride system to buzz Lightyear or something similar to California. Um, just interested to see what you have to say. Thanks so much. Bye.
0: It's a good question. Um, I know for me, I, I'd, I'd probably invest in new stuff, um, what do you guys think?
2: I think that um, one of the things we're seeing with the amount of people that they're getting into the parks these days with Fast Pass and the amount of crowds they're bringing in, I think we're seeing them testing the waters for an expansion. And I think that we're coming to a point where Disney could use a fifth theme park. Yeah. You know, I mean, stuff needs to be done and rehabs need to be done. But I think we're looking at we actually need a fifth gate in order to absorb these crowds. So I like to see them really invest in that and get that going.
4: I, Walt's original statement was that the parks were always changing. I don't foresee them ever bringing back the original figment. It's gone. Get over it. It's right. not coming back. Yeah, I
6: agree. It, It's
4: just, I mean, they bring back Captain EO for a time, but... I don't foresee them rehabbing a ride back to what it was originally.
6: Well, Captain EO was an easy insert, too. It was was just he passed away, and they didn't know what to do with that space anyway, so they were like, let's just throw it in there.
4: I would like to always see the park move forward. And don't get me wrong, there are things they do which crush me that um, you know, they take out certain things, they change the logo. I'm a huge yeah. fan of the old Disney World logo, which was the big D that was sort of squared off and had the mousier globes in the middle. Of it. I love that. I collect that and stuff.
0: I was a big fan of the Epcot attraction logos that they had for the original round of attractions that I they did. had. And you can find that kind of stuff all over the place. And Disney even uh, started selling that kind of stuff around, I think, around the 30th anniversary of Epcot. I know for me... Like I said, I would invest in in new stuff and agree with John that I think a fifth gate is probably necessary at some point, a fifth theme park. Um, But I am happy to see that Disney does a very good job at maintaining, at least, the attractions that they have. Things are constantly going under rehab and refurbishment and stuff like that. So it's not like they're completely ignoring the older attractions. They're just not reverting them back to their, their original state. Well, in some state. cases,
1: that they have. Like, they put the Tiki Room back to its original yeah. show after they had changed. EO. Yeah, um, but like... But I think right, that had I more of had the fact to do
4: with the fact that it caught on fire and they had that technology. Well, and
1: they, they had the opportunity where they needed to do something anyways, and it was right. probably a, a quick, easier thing to do. They just had to change what the birds were saying. They didn't have to, you know... Um, change the whole inside of journey to imagination to, you know, what it was before. That would be a much larger project. So yeah, I, I get I get what you're saying. They have done that on on some, inca- some occasions. I am a big fan of both ideas. Uh, I I like the idea of taking care of what you've got before going on and and providing more. I I would get sad to see things not maintained. I I actually would like to see the carousel of progress spruced up a little bit, maybe bring that up to date, add another decade or two. (laughs) So we're not stuck in the eighties at the end, but, um, you know, I, that's
0: just me. They did put a flat screen TV at the end scene. So true. And grandma (laughs) does play a
1: mean game of virtual reality. Oh, pong, (laughs) virtual pong. (laughs)
0: okay cool so does anybody else have uh, anybody think any- we need any more resorts oh. no <laughs>
7: uh-huh. done
6: yeah. Um, yeah. no I because my issue is it's like what you said John is that uh, if they keep building resorts it's okay great Disney can keep taking more and more people but that means that the lines are going to get longer and longer and longer and the capacity of the parks are going to keep nearing you know I just think I said that wrong they're just going to be more full like and mm. it just it's going to be experience people are having is going to go down with that you know it's too many people at once.
4: Yeah. Somebody's pointed out in chat, and I think that's true. I would like them to. I would like to see Disney utilize all of the space in each of the parks. Yeah. Like when you walk through Adventureland. Other than that, um, the Dole Whip thing. A lot of that stuff seems dead. Blank space, and I would like to see them use that. I would like to see them fully involve all of the parks. That would also keep people busy.
1: I would love to see more countries in World Showcase and maybe bring in the attractions to the countries that are there that they never did.
6: I'd like to see a good Finish theme Finish out park? the ideas
1: that they originally had. Yeah.
6: In Hollywood Studios.
2: What would you like to see?
6: Say that again. I would like to see a good theme park put inside of Hollywood Studios. <laughs> <laughs> a theme park. You noticed that part. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I agree with you, Kevin. I think, especially your example of Adventureland, um, is there is some real wasted space. And it looks like they are doing some... Reorganization reorganiz- uh, of that space, and hopefully that'll get a little bit better. Um, but the number one thing that just messed with Adventureland from the get go was adding the spinning carpets of a lab <laughs> oh right in the middle of what used to be a nice open little, almost plaza. like a plaza, uh, you know. And that just or crammed the put, whole thing. I never
2: said why they didn't push it back a little. Why is that have to be right there in the middle? It's like yeah. walk straight on. I mean, it's a it's a nice ride. Kids enjoy it. Yeah. It's a good kid ride for that area. But it just it always bugged me mm-hmm. that they plopped it right in the it's
0: middle. Right in the middle, and it definitely messes with the flow of that area. And there's plenty of examples of that kind of stuff <laughs> scattered throughout the theme parks. Um, does anybody else have another uh, email they want to do?
3: Um, I have.
0: Yes, please.
3: Jocelyn from Westport, Massachusetts. For those of us who don't get down as often as we like, do we bother going down with all the cranes, or adjust or visit? Wait, or adjust our visit to Magic Kingdom and Epcot. What do you think? I honestly don't know if I can wait that long, 2017. But is it (laughs) worth it? Um, My opinion. Do not let construction dictate your vacation. If you love Disney World, you're still coming with your family to have a good time and spend quality time together. It's just a crane. And you know what? You can look back and say, hey, that was 2015 because, look, there's a crane right by the castle. <laughs> right. uh, who The cares? crane has
6: a Facebook page now. It's, it's like so like people it's, it's, been it's like what Julie's saying it's like don't let it dictate yeah. make it something fun right like be like I got remember when the crane had a Facebook page and make I it fun like make it, look, make it
3: look like you're holding on to the crane or yeah. something the, I don't know just don't let it affect it
0: the 25th anniversary was one of my favorite vacations that I took to Disney World and it had that Cake. cake Castle, the uh, Pepto-Bismol thing. I, I think resent that's a good that, point. Yeah. I think that's a good yeah, point I that Julie that makes one. in
2: general, is don't let any one thing mm-hmm. or any couple of things dictate whether or not you go. Because, first of all, Disney's always under construction. Yeah, it'll You're matter. always going to find it somewhere. But don't wait for, like, I'm going to wait for Avatar Land to open. <laughs> and if you find out that
4: I think that's... Pirates is down, please don't tell us it ruined your vacation. If your entire vacation revolves around riding one attraction... You're yeah. doing it wrong. You're probably not going <laughs> to the right place. Yeah.
1: Yes. I have a, I have an email to read. Sure. Uh, Billy Lagstrom from New Jersey. He says, hello. On every trip, we try to find places to eat that are not the usual tourist trap. Here at the Jersey Shore, like Pete would know, a good diner has better food than a lot of the restaurants. What places are good that are not a chain-eating hole? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Ch- chain
0: e- eating hole.
1: What places do the locals eat at, and what would your team recommend? I had two.
0: Well, let me tell you about my eating holes. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm
1: just kidding. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, two in particular are places that... I have worked at, that I've waitressed at, and the fact that I can still say that I really enjoy them, I think, speaks well to those establishments. They're both on uh, Sand Lake Road, which is actually closer to Universal Studios than Disney, but still not so far away that it's unreasonable to go there. One would be Rocco's Tacos and Tequila Bar. It's a very fun place. Mexican, a little bit more upscale. It's not a hole in the wall. They've got a lot of tequila, over 300 kinds of tequila. Um, guacamole is the best I've ever had in my life. I could live, I could exist on it. And um, the only thing that you really need to understand about Rocco's in the daytime, it's um, it's a it's a great restaurant, very normal place to eat lunch. In the evenings, it's a bit of a different story, and there's a progression that takes place. It starts out as a, a restaurant, then it kind of moves more into a club feel. They have a, a live DJ that comes in and plays extremely loud music, really, really loud. And then after that, it kind of um, evolves even more into a a bar type scene where people are dancing next to their tables in the aisles and if Rocco happens to be there on a weekend it gets really a little bit crazy because he passes out free tequila so um, there's really a Rocco <laughs> there is there actually is a Rocco I was hoping
2: Rocco passed out <laughs> he passes out I thought, well that makes it fun wow. he this makes is really it, a modern life
0: he Doesn't makes it
1: a, a fun a little, little thing one. he has Pee Wee Herman tequila shoes that he puts on and he walks the, the bar and all of that it's it's entertaining Great. It is. I think she's but just saying
4: words. He has Pee Wee Herman tequila shoes? does.
1: He does, and Are they the hang above the bar. No. They're the they're the white uh, <clears throat> platforms that you see Pee Wee Herman wear in you know, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and he'll put those babies on and he'll walk up and down the bar to the this is not a joke, people, this happens. And then he passes out free.
0: He just he distributes
1: he distributes tequila for free amongst the patrons. It sounds like a family
4: environment.
1: Doesn't it? <laughs> so that's my only caution. You need to know what you're getting into. If you're looking for a more quiet, calm restaurant experience, go for lunch. That's because that's not going to be the case. It's an extremely popular place. You might have a wait in the evenings. The other place is Seasons 52, which is also on Sand Lake Road, and that's a very different experience. They have a menu that um, changes according to the seasons, and it's a very calm, quiet uh, bar with uh, not bar a restaurant but they they've got wines and everything
3: it's it's a, it's a bit fancy side note yes their portions are really small yes. so if you are cory yes. martin or anywhere like cory <laughs> martin do eat you know, there's a restaurant you'll have to order like four entrees it's, also, it's, owned
4: by, it's a garden restaurant it's owned it, by red lobster
3: it is but it's it's really great and the reason why
1: the portions are more sizable see i prefer those portions because i don't eat but a great, lot <laughs> at a sitting so for me i feel better about myself because i can finish my plate without feeling I like I'm going to there explode. I haven't been there in a while. Is it still
4: that, well, like the grains were grown next door, they found them in the parking lot kind of thing? They, <laughs> they,
1: they attempt bro- to the do that. The waitresses
4: brought their salad in with them and It's supposed
1: to be a very healthy menu, and one of the reasons why the um, portions are smaller is because there's no... Uh, men, there's no item on the menu that exceeds a certain amount of calories, and I don't remember uh, what that specific number does is. Does yeah. it sound like uh, fun
4: dining or <laughs> what? <life. laughs>
1: it's a very, very, it's, 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 it's elegant without being too expensive. Yeah. Well, and he, if you like fresh food, it's a good choice.
0: I think here's the deal with Orlando. I just going to jump in. Yeah. For, this,
4: for about an eighth of the price, you can go to <laughs> Sweet Tomatoes. Right yeah, right. I, I was going to say it's yeah. kind of all the same thing. And you can go back as many times as you want. So even though you, it's all good for you, I found season 52, pardon me, it's just an opinion, I found seasons 52, the, the, the portions were ridiculously small. There is a difference between us. I've got a foot and a half on <laughs> it, um, And 10 pounds. Um <laughs> But it was the most pretentious place I've ever. Yeah. It is a bit
1: pretentious. It's, I definitely you know, give you that.
4: This is made out of quinoa and cobwebs, <laughs> and it's <laughs> only 26 calories. <laughs> I've had that. Can I do I
2: a nutshell of sort of the off-property dining? Let me just give sure. you my sort of opinion. If you head right off of Hotel Plaza Boulevard, you're going to hit fast food heaven. You're yeah. going to hit all the same fast food places you can find at home. If that's what you're looking for, that's great. Because I can tell you on more than one occasion we've looked for a McDonald's. Yeah. But if you're looking for something other than that, what you want to do is you want to go a little bit further out. There's Celebration has some mm-hmm. great options and there's also where Seasons 52 is, which is Sand Lake Road. And it's actually it known locally as Restaurant Row. It is. Fantastic mm-hmm. options along Restaurant Row. Melting Pot. Yeah, yeah so many places. Oh my yeah.
3: God, I hate the Melting Pot. <laughs> <laughs> I always
2: if I'm going like to
3: cook Greece. my own food. Pandora, I'm going to cook it at home. Pot. Roy's, <laughs> Hawaiian Restaurant. Roy's, is there. I agree with for sure. Oh I my gosh. I think in
0: general, in like the surrounding Surrounding Disney area, the things that you're mostly going to run across are going to be what you know as established chain restaurants, right. and you do have to find these little places like not little places, but these uh, unique locations like you're talking about, Restaurant Row or Downtown Celebration, um, that have probably locally owned restaurants or uh, more unique restaurants. We have a favorite
4: restaurant mm-hmm. that's very very family run. And if you meet me in public and ask me about it, I'll tell you. But I'm not going to talk about it on the podcast because there's only 30 seats in the entire restaurant, <laughs> and I don't want you getting my date. I know exactly <laughs> But I if you like. find me in public, I will give you the secret. But don't email me because I'm not telling and you. And it's really good. So just be, be willing to venture off Disney mm-hmm. property. Be willing
2: yeah. to venture outside of the immediate Disney bubble that's there. Yeah. But, again, I want to say this, though, too. you nothing wrong with going to, you know, a uh, McDonald's or a Burger King or something. Sometimes that's what people want.
1: There's Crossroads, oh, right? right, outside crossroads, of downtown exactly. Disney that's full of places to And, and eat. for
0: the most part, the chain restaurants that you're used to, because they're in the immediate Disney area, are far better than what you're used to at home. They're at least kept up
4: better and uh, probably cleaner and There's a
1: restaurant bigger. at the
4: Crossroads that I hear great things about and I've never been to, and it's not a chain. It's called Johnny's Hideaway. Yes. Have you ever been there? Yes. Uh, I just wanted to throw out some of the things that anyone who's looking for better food options, a little bit further outside, but they shouldn't miss it, especially in Orlando. The first is obviously Four Rivers Barbecue. I mean, that is, Mm -hmm. locals eat there. It gets ridiculously long at dinner. You might wait 30, 40 minutes in a line just to get your food. It's good, though. Also owned by Four Rivers is The Coop. It's a fried chicken place in Winter Park. It is heaven. Like, if, literally. If you're going up
6: there, too, I mean, Craig, I was going to bring up that general area, so it's, it's funny that you're already there. Is that Park Avenue. It's just a little, it's like the next street over from the coop, and there's a lot of, like, really good
4: restaurants on there. So the Ravenous Pig is in Winter Park. Yeah, yeah. and even uh, the Ravenous Pig's other restaurant for beer lovers, Cask and Larder, they brew their own beer mm-hmm. in-house. The food's excellent. Uh, if you're anywhere up awesome. on town, go to mm-hmm. Orlando Brewing. It doesn't have food, but... You know, some people don't. Some people track uh, their behind, meals. If you're out behind Disney and headed toward Winter Garden for any reason, there's a place called Yellow Dog Eats. Eat. That, oh, awesome. wow, that was my Everybody next one. that was my next Everybody should go to Yellow Dog. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's it's a. I think
6: it's just it's really cool. It's inside of this old house. I think it's like pet friendly. If you have your animal there, bring that used to, to be
4: in Winter Park, tucked back in an alcove off uh, Park Avenue. Oh wow! And they moved out towards uh, Winter Garden to Coe. Uh, You're going to have to Google it, and you're going to have to have GPS, because I can't even tell you how to get there, but you shouldn't miss it.
0: And for all these places, you're probably either going to have to rent a car or get a taxi, I don't think.
4: Oh, don't take a taxi. Rent a car. Yeah. To go to Winter Park in a taxi, you could rent a car.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All righty. I I think we should actually play the uh, next voicemail, if we can, Mr. Craig, whenever you are ready. Please.
5: My name is Michelle, and I have a question uh, regarding Hollywood Studios. I seem to remember, now this goes several years back, but maybe I was also dreaming this, but I seem to remember when the Great Movie Ride first started, you used to have uh, boats that would take you around the inside versus the tram vehicles. And I also seem to remember uh, when the Tower of Terror first opened there was more of a backstory that was presented in regards to the hotel itself as well as the guests in the elevator um i don't know why they changed it or if they changed it again maybe i was dreaming this but it was just something i always think about when i go to the studios and i never had the ability to find an answer so i'm gonna run this past you guys and see if maybe you can provide me with an answer and uh Thank you so much, and I love your show. Bye
0: bye. Well, thank you, Michelle, for calling in. Um, I think you were dreaming some of that stuff. Uh, I, I'm not aware if uh, if they've She's changed.
4: Pirates of the Great Movie
0: Ride. <laughs> Pirates of the Great Movie Ride. <laughs> um, this is. I, I wanted to play this email specifically because it, it touches on something that I actually have experienced before. Is when, when you start thinking about all your experience at the Disney theme park sometimes your memories of what used to be there can kind of be almost uh, elevated to something that, that never was and now there was never boats in the great movie ride and there, I, I'm not sure if they've ex- taken away anything from the Tower of Terror but I can't tell you how many times I've said do you remember when such and such was in the line at Space Mountain and somebody gives me a look like what are you talking about? and just to find out that it was actually in a different ride or something like that. So I I just thought it was interesting.
4: I think there are times when you run into cast members who might give you a little backstory about the attraction that you're on. Yeah. Sort of fills it out for you, but you don't get that every time. There were no boats in the Great Movie Ride. There weren't no... There weren't no
0: no boats in the Great Movie Ride. Um, But it is very possible that, you know, at one point, Cast members were more likely to give you that kind of information more willingly, and now perhaps you know. All cast members have only worked there for three months. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> now they don't have that information. So thank you, Michelle.
2: Uh, anybody else? Yeah, I do. Go ahead. Can you go already? Yeah. Um, seems like you've been talking. Yes, a lot. he did. <laughs> I
1: going to
2: say. It's like you've been talking forever. All right. Mine is from Jake Englewood of Tennessee. And he says, I was just wondering if any of you have been to Disneyland Paris, and if so, how does it compare to Walt Disney World? Um, I know for a fact that uh, Kevin, Dustin, and I have all been to Disneyland yeah. Paris. Anybody else? No. Oh, how sad for you. My first yeah. trip
6: is to Disneyland is coming up
2: <laughs> <laughs> very exciting in a couple of weeks. Um, in sort of the big picture, Disneyland Paris is much smaller than Walt Disney World. There's two theme parks and much yeah. fewer um, hotels than Walt Disney World. They do have a studios which is terrible. Don't bother going to the studios at all. It's pretty much just crushes know, coasters, and people love that. That's, that is a, very and good that is a very good ride. However, the rest of it seems to be like I remember it being surrounded by chain link fence. It's chain link fence <laughs> and cardboard.
0: That's <laughs> right, what it's
2: made out of. However, their their Magic Kingdom is really spectacular. Oh my god! Their Magic Kingdom is beautiful. Um, completely different aesthetic out there because they're
4: dealing to the Europeans. So fa- their castle is much more fanciful than any of the castles mm. in the United States. And the reason they explained that to us was because Europe has castles. They don't yeah. need a fake one. So right. it's much more um, it's very, very fairy. Ivan
2: earl ish Like
0: it's it. from a drawing or something. Right, exactly. I, I think it's funny to point out our example of Adventureland from earlier. Our Adventureland here at Walt Disney World versus their Adventureland, mm. which has so many little hidden areas and it's like this grand, vast open uh, place. It has a lake in the middle with a pirate ship and there's caverns that you can get lost in and all this stuff, whereas we have Aladdin's <laughs> carpets plopped right in the middle of a walkway. Um, it's the Magic Kingdom, the the main uh, lands that they have, Adventureland, Discoveryland, um, Frontierland and so on. Those take the ones we have at Walt Disney World and expand them at least
4: by twice as big and they're also themed for a European audience Mm -hmm. I had an an epiphany in Disneyland Paris we were standing and looking at um, there's an audio animatronic diorama (laughs) just outside the castle of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and our guide we had a VIP guide because it was an Adventures by Disney trip and he said to me do you see how this um, differs from the French version of this fairy tale and I said, there's a French version of Snow White? And he said, yes. It's called Sleeping Beauty. And I said, what? He said, Sleeping Beauty and Snow White are the same fairy tale. He said, if you read the original fairy tale, there were seven fairies. Oh. Well, Disney made it three. And that's the French version. It's lighter and more fanciful. The German version, which is very German, it's kind of uh, uh, dark, enough, take <laughs> out her heart, has the seven dwarves. But it's basically the same story. And I stood there with my mouth open. And that's
2: also carried throughout Fantasyland. They sort of theme the areas of Fantasyland to where the original fairy tale came from. So when you go into the Italian Pinocchio-ish area, the colors are different. The vibe is different, as if you go into Germany and you see that vibe. Um, Yeah, We're going back in October. Very, very excited to see Disneyland Paris again. Um, it's an awesome park. They have a hotel, which I think is what uh, Disneyland California tried to do, which is the Disneyland Paris Hotel, which is actually the entrance to the park. Yeah, You have to pass through the hotel to get into the park. Hmm. So I think that's an incredible sort of uh, introduction to The hotel
0: park. is almost like on stilts yep. because the first, the, the ground floor is are the ticket windows. And right above that, is the lobby. The lobby, basically. It's, uh oh my gosh. Disney. It's very
3: different. Very interesting. Sounds very interesting.
2: Uh, it's very beautiful and very cool. It and is. If you can go, please go. The only thing I would say is it's, again, nowhere near as big as Walt Disney World in Florida, and so there's not as much to do. But
0: they do have a downtown Disney area. They do. Which right. is like a, a good little mix between the one that we have at Disneyland. It's about, I'd say it's... A little bit smaller than the one at Disneyland, but it's connected right there. I understand they've
4: remodeled it. When we were there the last time, it was like a depressed strip mall.
2: Yeah, and they had that Wild West show, like. Which is one of the most popular things they do out there. Yeah. People actually go to Disneyland Paris just to see that show.
4: Wow.
0: So go figure. Yeah, be interested to see how it's changed the next time we go. Uh, I actually have one that I want to read, if I can find it. It's from uh, Roger in Knoxville, Tennessee. This will be a pretty easy one. Uh, Do you know the name of the artist and music you used on your beach club overview video that was recently part of the seven and seven podcast series? I loved it. Thank you. Well, thank you, Roger. Um, I'll email you the exact uh, name of that. But this question, I think me and Craig see these emails coming in every single day. What music do you use? Um, What? What uh, service do you use? We use a service. It's a royalty free um, music service called Smart Sound. You can look it up at smartsound.com. It is not an inexpensive uh, service, um, so it's kind of hard for us to give you. The names of these tracks As if you could go on iTunes and just download them And listen to them like they were songs on an album It doesn't really work that way They're uh, royalty free tracks that we uh, edit to fit our videos So I just wanted to touch on that Because I've seen a lot uh, of comments come in Asking what music do you use in your videos And it's royalty free music Um, But you can check it out at smartsound.com If you would like to Yeah, that answers that Um, Let's go ahead and play the uh, next voicemail
5: This is Mary Junker. I'm a little bit behind on my podcast, and I just listened to the episode from February 17th about clever items for your Walt Disney World vacation last week. Someone on the team mentioned bringing duct tape, and many wondered why you would need it. Here's why. When it rains, duct tape can be used like a poncho for your shoes. If you are wearing shoes with mesh tops, like most sneakers, You can cover the mesh with duct tape, and your feet and socks will stay dry. When the sun comes out, peel off the tape and throw it in the nearest trash can. You may not look your most stylish, but you won't be wringing your socks out either. Hope this helps someone. Love the show. Thanks. Bye-bye. Well, thank
0: you, Mary. That's a really clever idea. I've never heard that tip before.
4: never heard it. That's interesting. I don't know if you guys talked about it. I wasn't here for that show. Mm-hmm. My favorite trip, I love my favorite tip, <laughs> and I loved it, was for parents with little kids, bring a couple of, um, you know, the lids they put on fast food sodas. Yeah, bring a couple of those with them, with you, and when the kids get a Mickey bar, slide the stick. Through the straw opening and you have a drip tray for your Mickey oh
3: bar. that's clever right. yeah because yeah. let me tell you Disney does not like to hand out anything extra <laughs> <laughs> from personal experience please sir can I have an extra cup so that my kids can share oh, the popcorn no. oh no <sighs> we count those at inventory and I was like Oh boy. Are you serious?
4: I thought this was really clever. I'm like, I'll
3: pay you. <laughs> you walk around
4: the park, and every little kid is like smeared with you know <laughs> ice cream. That, I thought it was a great idea. That is cool. Yeah, I love those tips like that. I would never have
0: thought
5: to I use duct I wouldn't have
1: tech. thought of that, and I'm a mom. That's I extremely a, clever, and I will be using that.
0: Like uh, Target bags or something like
6: that. You, you put your foot in them and then put your shoe on, and then you just cut the around, and it keeps your socks
0: dry. When, <laughs> Do people have when no you pride?
6: <laughs>
5: you like like I,
6: I cut it low.
0: You like when the cable guy comes in and he puts plastic around his shoes to not track mud in? Um Okay, does anybody else have another one they want to read?
5: I thought you had Jim Carrey, a, the cable
0: guy, and
6: I was like, I don't remember that scene.
1: <laughs> I thought that this one was a pretty yeah, good question. One. Okay. Uh This is Debbie. I Debbie, I don't know how to say your last name. Is it Diakaki?
5: She's what not going to answer. That sounds Greek.
1: Yes, from Athens, Greece. She says, hi team it's been a while since i've written in but did so on account of the link on facebook my question is about beaches and cream my daughter and i will be going there for the no way jose ice cream sundae that is not available from their counter service i have made an adr and my question is how gotch is it to did i say that word gosh gosh thanks don't know don't use it gonna have to add that one to my vocabulary um how, I'm assuming that means yucky. How yucky is it to order only <laughs> no, ice cream? No, Inappropri- inappropriate. inappropriate. <laughs> okay, now we all know what we're saying. Um,
2: Did you, are you not using the word-of-day toilet paper that I gave
1: you for Christmas? <laughs> I'm starting tomorrow. Right. thank
2: goodness.
1: Um, anyway, how inappropriate is it to order only ice cream instead of an entire meal, seeing as how we have the ADR? It's no big deal because we can plan. To e- uh, we can plan to eat there. I would just rather have my meal at World Showcase.
2: I don't see it as a
0: problem. Me neither. It's your either.
1: freaking vacation. Yep. Yeah.
2: yeah.
4: And you made the reservation. Mm-hmm. The reservation. Mm-hmm. Order what you want to order. If you just want French fries. Here's, just the order fries. here's the deal if you're going to be eating just ice cream
0: that means you're probably going to be leaving the restaurant quicker than somebody who would have right. had a, a meal right. a full meal anyway so you're going to open that table up quicker right. than, i was
1: going to say that from a former waitress's point right. of view you're in you're out that's quick turnover on the table and the server might actually end up making more money as right. long as you tip appropriately for your ice cream sundae then the people that follow in after you will be there to do their thing and then Tip appropriately on that, but turnover is very important in the life of a server. So
3: you're not hurting anyone. That but place, the fact that they won't serve it at the counter, I mean, you don't have a choice. But right. what else ADR? are you supposed exactly. to and do? Exactly. And
6: that place is called Beaches and Cream. It is it's marketed nice as an ice cream <laughs> right. shop. Exactly. Like, you are fine. Uh,
1: yeah. The the other food that they serve at Beaches and Cream isn't. I would say is not what makes Beaches and Cream a destination uh, eatery. It is that the ice cream yeah. and and the desserts.
2: Can I give a little spoiler? We uh, Kevin. Pete and Dustin and I went and did a review of Beaches and Cream. And we're going to be recording that hopefully soon as, with a whole bunch of other reviews. Yeah. So you guys will have a full review of the food oh, good. at Beaches and Cream. And dessert.
6: And dessert. Did anybody get the Florida
2: Sunshine? Is that what it's called? No. no. Oh, that's my favorite. No. We're going to save our, our review okay. for what we ordered. We're going to save that for that.
4: But yes, I please. have a follow-up question to my original. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry, were you done? No, I was still talking. (laughs) (laughs) Done now. This is from Sarah Voss and it goes back to the original question. Most of us most of us who are Disney super fans have at one time or another daydreamed about living near Walt Disney World. Seeing as members of the podcast team all live and work near Disney, I would like to ask each of you the same two questions. Having experienced living near the parks, if you had to do it all over again, would you choose to live near Walt Disney World even if your job didn't require it? And if Walt Disney World didn't exist, would you still purposely purposefully choose to live in central Florida? Um, here's the deal. I'm going to answer for myself anyway. Uh, I would. I love living here. I didn't move here specifically because of Disney World. I moved here because I was introduced to Central Florida from com- by coming f- because I came to Disney World. After a while, we didn't go to the parks every day, and we would venture out and explore the rest of Central Florida. That made me fall in love with it. The, the last second part. Um, if Disney World didn't exist, chances are I wouldn't have become aware of Central Florida. And so, no, I don't know that I would live here. So, yes, Walt Disney World played a part in me moving here, but I didn't move to Central Florida to be closer to Walt Disney World.
0: Well, I can I can tell you for myself, I moved here specifically for Disney to work at Disney as a cast member. And um, and I did live closer to the parks at one point. Um, and, and I would do it again in a heartbeat, move down here. I, it's one of the best things I've done in my life. But if if Walt Disney World didn't exist, I have a feeling, not necessarily that, you know, not what you said. Like, it's the reason that brought me down here. But let's say if it just disappeared tomorrow for whatever reason, would I, would I move away or would I stay here? It's taken me three years to warm up to Central Florida. I had no concept to Central Florida other than Disney before I moved here. But I actually like i actually really like it and i'm starting it's starting to really grow on me uh, especially having moved closer to downtown um and college park and stuff like that um i'm finding more cultural uh areas mm-hmm. in in central florida that aren't just revolving around disney so and i think
6: I, oh, uh, okay. what you said is a good thing too it's like once i moved away from where i originally lived when i i like i moved here to go to school here mm-hmm. and um ended up working at disney but um once I moved into the second place, I moved, which was a little bit further away from Disney. It's, it's it's like what Kevin said, like or Dustin, like you explore a little bit more, so you get to see a little bit more. Like, and there's like areas that you're like, oh man, I hate this area, but there are a lot of like cool little pockets everywhere. Now that we've been here for so yeah. long, that we found that are don't you
4: think that's true of everywhere though? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah. different than anywhere else.
2: Well, I also think though there's. Other factors involved too. We enjoy the climate here. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, that's it's true. not like if Disney World didn't, we would go back to the Northeast mm. because of the snow and the cold. We're talking to you, Boston. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I think that there are some people who move to places, and there's they might live in a place that's kind of remote, so there might not be those opportunities to explore and. I um, think
3: for Corey and I, um, well, we moved because Corey wanted to work for Disney. I still wasn't done with school, so. I went to Valencia and UCF. Me too. And I enjoyed both of those experiences very much. Um, I don't believe that we'd still be in Louisiana if Walt Disney World didn't exist. I believe we still would have moved away. He and I both always wanted to live somewhere else. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was still Florida because we love the beach so much. Yeah. And I would think we might be living like in Key West or on a <laughs> beach somewhere or possibly even in California.
6: I probably would be in California. So <laughs> I'd be in a warmer climate, but I don't think it would be... This climate. Do but.
4: any of you regret moving here? No. No.
1: I love it. No. Me too. I was going to say, I mean, I didn't move here for a job. I didn't have this job when I came. I moved here for Disney specifically. I don't regret that at all. I would do it definitely all over again. Um, as far as if Disney wasn't here, would I have picked that? I don't have a firm answer on that. Um,
4: well, if Disney wasn't here, I think this would still be Orange Groves. It Well,
1: it, I, I like I do like the culture of Orlando. There certainly is enough to do here. The Amway Center has tons of things at, you know, concerts and everything. There's enough to keep busy, and I like keeping busy. Uh, I think but, that's
4: really the chicken or the egg thing. If it wasn't for Disney, I don't know that all of
0: that I guess would that's be true. here.
1: Well, if all of those other things weren't here, I wouldn't be here. I'd be heading to the beach with Julie. Um, you <laughs> know, is, I like to keep busy. Let's so, pretend that.
0: For whatever reason, it just Disney disappeared tomorrow. But the rest of Central Florida was exactly as it is. I would have been and in I California. Have,
1: I'm not again like I'm not sure. I have grown to love the culture. I love the little restaurants that we have here and the little minor attractions, the kitschy minor attractions that we have on 192. I think all of those things are fun. So possibly, yes. But at the same time, the beach calls.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, our story is uh, Pete and I moved here specifically to be near Walt Disney World. This was the job. This was the uh, business that we were building. So we decided that this is where we were going to relocate for sure. In addition to the fact of loving Disney and I had a job here for a short amount of time. But, um, yeah, I think we love Central Florida. I mean, I can't think of anywhere else you'd want to move to. Yeah.
3: I'm only giggling because if anybody watches Survivor, there's a coconut vendor that's participating <laughs> in the season. I'm thinking, maybe I should be a coconut vendor.
7: <laughs> <laughs> he
3: sells coconuts?
2: Yeah. Is it like, does he refill the coconut I vending machines? He has a feather in his hair. I know, I enjoy having. I have oh, a question to ask
4: you. How many, um, this was a different question altogether. How many cat, former cast members? You were a former cast member. So there's one, two, three, four. Five. We had that discussion in the card. You worked for it, Disney or just yeah, Universal?
0: Five, five out of Disney. Yeah, he seven? worked. He was in the college program.
4: Did you work for Universal as well? Yep. Okay. So the only people in the room that didn't are Jenny Lynn and I.
2: That's correct. And Pete, if you were in the room. And Pete. He's not in the room. <laughs> uh, as far as the rest of the team goes, Teresa did not. Corey did. Kathy Corey did, did not. Kathy Worling did not.
6: But Kathy has a close to... She bred a lot of Disney's work. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, that's one creepy way to put it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm, that was very oh, I
2: have,
0: I'm sorry. I have a. I have another email that I want to read. Just in uh, in lieu of recent events, um, somebody's phone went off. Uh, William from Los Angeles, California says, professional broadcast, please. Can you turn off the notifications on your iPad when you're recording a show? These past two shows of 2015 were horrible with the iPad email notifications every two minutes coming through your broadcast. Not nice when you listen to on headphones and think you're getting emails. I like we, the way you read it. <laughs> well, he put, a sure mark, he like put it an was exclamation
4: mark. He put an exclamation mark.
0: We apologize. And as much as possible we try to limit that. But There are so many electronic devices in this room. Sometimes uh, we have mistakes.
2: Sometimes we forget. Yeah. Um, We try to put stuff on vibrate, but we forget and place it on the desk. I mean... Sorry. other
1: times it's helpful like I think when we started out with the trip we were having issues in the, during the live broadcast yeah. that we were not aware of in the studio and had our we had had we not had our phones with us as we were doing it we were becoming aware of things that the mm-hmm. listeners were having problems with that we were trying to correct yeah. as we yeah, were doing that's the show why yeah.
4: the beeps
2: <laughs> Kevin watches the the uh, live stream of the chat while yeah, we yeah. do the show, mm-hmm. and so that's helpful, too, because he's able to bring in information from our listeners, so stuff, it's just yeah. the way stuff is. Stuff happens. Sorry. Sorry about that. Alright, we have one more voicemail that I want to play, and I think this one will be
0: interesting. Jenny Lynn, pay attention to this one.
4: Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, Jenny Lynn.
7: So, this is one of your This is one of your... Wow, I can't even speak today. Sorry, I am super tired. Um, This is one of your Disney fans here. Just letting you guys know that you guys are doing an amazing job by providing a lot of Disney news and insight on the Disney Unplug on YouTube. I just subscribed not too long ago, and I just can't wait for our next video to come up you know i'm one of those dedicated looking forward to fans um i know i'm not the only one i know there are plenty others out there but um i thank you so much for doing what you guys are doing you guys have also inspired me to do new things at the disney theme parks um i'm also an artist i love to draw and sketch and so now when i go to the disney theme parks i sketch out characters that i'm going to meet in the Disney parks and when I meet those characters I get them to sign the drawing that I do of them and of course um, not only does that become memorable to me but that also becomes memorable to probably that character and it's a great experience it's actually another way of bringing the magic to myself and probably to my friends because um, after that character signs the drawing I give it to a friend who has never been or can't even make it to a Disney theme park probably because of financial financial problems or you know other things in mind but um you know you guys have inspired so much and provided so much and i thank you for it um also i have an idea for a show i don't know if dustin wants to pick up on this or jenny lynn um but also another good idea for a show would be seeing the disney theme parks through a teenager's eye um You know, as a teenager and having a lot of teenage friends, um, there are some of us who haven't been to the parks and we judge the commercials. You know, we see little kids in the commercials and we don't expect a Disney theme park to be um, our limit, our place to be. Um, So, I mean, I know Jenny Lynn has a group of really great kids, I bet, and, uh, you know, um, she probably, you know, understands what probably teenagers or... She sees what teenagers I'm so sorry she loves what um she knows what teenagers love to do in the theme parks and probably she can bring in some insight of probably what they like to do in the parks um, but thanks for listening. I hope you listen. I mean I bet you guys do listen um, thanks so much for everything and I'm sorry for my weird jitteriness. I'm kind of nervous I'm really excited to leave this voice recording thing whatever it is. Um, voicemail, and um, have a great day.
0: Well, thank you, Adrian. Uh, that was charming at most. You know, that's 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 what we took away from that is you're very charming. At,
3: at first, I thought he was a Californian from SNL.
0: Oh, uh, one of the Californians. <laughs> oh, I hate that sketch, um, Stewart. <laughs> first of all, what I want to say is your idea with the sketches and and using that as kind of instead of doing an autograph book, I think that's really cool. But then, to, then to be able to give that to your friends as kind um, of a memento is is really nice. He's I a when sweetheart.
7: I, yeah. When
6: I first moved here, that's I think it's really cool because he personally did it. Yeah. But um, what I did for like my siblings back home is like. I'd get a picture with a character, and then you go back and have that character sign it later, and then I would send it to them. So it was like, hey, well, yours is I mean, you know,
3: because you're in the photo alone with the character. <laughs> no, look like, at hey, me. I'm uh-huh. Yeah, like, <laughs> here's
2: me but
6: I fun. thought it, I think that's really cool that he, he did something like that. I think that's a really like what you said, a unique kind of make it your own experience thing. Yeah, like, It's really cool.
0: I so did. JL, what do you th- what do you think of his idea?
1: I think it's a fabulous idea. I think it's an idea that's actually relevant to a lot of families. A lot of times uh, when kids hit that teenager age, they might hit a little bit of a lull in their excitement for Disney. So um, I think it's something that a lot of people would um, like to hear of you know moms such as myself I do have a teenager um I actually am going to be having two teenagers here in a couple months are you <laughs> <pregnant>? <laughs> yeah and, and they're going straight to teens yeah.
2: I, I, had had
1: I will be birthing I will be birthing a couple teenagers in the next couple months
2: um, She's in her 420s. <laughs>
1: <laughs> my my oldest is turning 15 in a couple weeks, and my son will be 13 in a couple months. And I actually think that they they could act, they could give some really good ideas to other teenagers going to the parks. What are the things that they would be interested? in? it's not the Dumbo ride. Yeah, you know. So uh, fantastic it's like
0: magic carpets, right? <laughs> I think it's a good idea. <laughs> it's it's, it's something it's we've a discussed a little bit before. And yeah, I think no, it's a
1: fantastic idea. And Adrian, thank you for that idea of. Drawing for the characters to autograph. My 15-year-old is an artist, and I'm actually going to pass that idea oh, yeah. along to her because I think she would really love it, and that would be something that would help her get into it more. You also
2: did that in a little bit in your coverage of the cruise line.
1: Yes, with the kids, what Absolutely. it's like to travel
2: with those different age children on the cruise lines. I yes. think that's helpful to a lot of folks who they, have and they do they, kids they, the
1: different them. the different age groups see it differently. Different things call to them. Pull, to, you know, there's a different pull for different attractions. It's it's a fabulous idea.
3: I'm not a teenager,
1: obviously, but I have a teenage
3: sister. I play one on TV. I play one on TV. Um, And she's graduating from high school this May, and her and her two best friends are actually going to be taking their senior trip here to Disney. So just so you know, not all teenagers are disenchanted with Disney. I mean, she's been coming every summer since she was seven, and her best friends are really big fans, and um, we're going to be hosting these ladies. So um, I, I'm going to get some things from her, too. Maybe not like video, but maybe tips after she's been in the park about different things just to cool, give cool. you guys.
0: Okay, cool. Does anybody have any other last-minute emails that they want to add to the mix? I'll take that as okay, a. Oh, we you were going
4: to read no. one. I read one. No, the other one.
0: I think you decided <laughs> against it. Oh,
4: actually, yeah, we actually
0: decided against that.
4: Okay. Oh, it was too controversial.
1: <laughs> okay. It was way too controversial. <laughs> it was way too controversial. Teaser there.
0: You'll never know what it is. <laughs> okay, well, you then that is going to do board. it for this. Re-
1: controversial about it. Nothing.
4: <laughs> it was the best email ever. <laughs> Stop.
0: <laughs> that is going to do it for uh, this edition of the Diz Unplugged. We hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we will see you again next week for another episode of the Diz Unplugged. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Have fun. I'll Say Bye. bye.